Hello, and welcome to the Journey to Freedom ACA Speaker Meeting of Adult Children of Alcoholics. We meet in Scottsdale, Arizona every Monday evening at 6 p.m. at Scottsdale Bible Church. We record these speakers in hopes that you will hear something to help your recovery journey. Tonight's speaker is Lauren H., and her topic is self-abandonment. Please enjoy. Hello, everyone. Um, As Mary says, I'm Lauren. ACA. I'm new to ACA. Um, Just started uh, this past January, and it was amazing because um, they were just starting to do the 12 steps again. So, um, and we used the yellow, the big yellow book. Um, Then, unfortunately, as we all know, COVID came about, and that meeting stopped. Um, but um, I had, in the meantime, I had gone to another meeting, which is the meeting, you know, the Monday night meeting, and I was able to meet my sponsor. Um, and um, it was actually through a, a mutual friend, someone I had just met, um, and he turned me on to her. So um, I just finished the 12 steps, I think two weeks ago or something. And uh, and so uh, this great, you know, uh, writing, reading from the uh, the book, the uh, strengthening my recovery. Um, we're referring to um, page three fifty three on this, and about the third paragraph down. Recovery works if we don't stare at the past, but decide to make new memories each day. We find that developing into a new adult is a rewarding. At the same time, our inner child continues to grow in a healthy way. Well, um, because, you know, I just finished the 12 steps, I, I'm i still having my good days and my bad days. I had a bad day yesterday. I call I call a bad day where I just uh, go back in the fetal position and I, I just curl up and I just don't do anything or I do the minimum that I have to do. Um, I'm finding out that a good day is, you know, that I can get up and do what I need to do, but also that I am in touch with my feelings, which is completely new for me. I have never wept more in my life than when I started the 12 steps. And indeed, even before uh, recording this, I was weeping as well, because this new adult stuff is so new. Um, so we're going, I am going through all these growing pains, you know, um, as many of us know that have gone through the 12 steps, you know, it's all about, you know, uh, delving into your past, um, so that we can create this new adult. But, um, you know, it's the, the whole thing about three steps forward, two steps back, whatever. But even when I'm feeling this pain, I feel like... It's, um, you know, the tears are, um, are, are helping me to, um, to, to cleanse myself. And um, so I call that a good day <laughs> when, I, when I cry because it's in touch with my feelings. You know, the self-abandonment, which was a new term for me um, that I got turned on to, you know, with this yellow workbook um, and my sponsor, is I always felt abandoned my whole life, and I'll share some of, I'm not going to go into great detail with it, but just some points. Um, So that was my story, you know, how abandoned I was. My father did this, my sister did this, my mother didn't do that, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, But I didn't, what I didn't realize is that because of those uh, issues I had, 
um, that I was abandoning myself because, you know, all of us, we develop this false self to get through our, our crap that our family um, puts on us. And so, um, so we learn these skills, if you will, um, and, and then we, we bring it into our adult life. I'm 60 years old now, and I'm still, um, I'm catching myself now when I, when I abandon the self, which is new for me. I'm also able to now, I, I uh, feel the feeling. I mean, I was told growing up, oh, don't feel that way. Laurie, I was called Laurie back then. Um, don't feel that way. Uh, feel this way, and don't do that. And and oh, you uh, you know, if I if I complained about something too bitterly, my mother would just tell me to go 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 take a nap, as if I was a toddler still, you know, as you would with a toddler or a little puppy, you know, they're whining or whatnot, and you realize, oh wow, this is that. So I was many times just pushed aside growing up in, in the dysfunctional home that I was brought up in. And, um, and, and so, you know, in my story, so, so to speak, I um, w would um, focus in on the, the blatant abandonment stuff, but then realize that um, I was being abandoned way before that. I mean, you know, um, my father was a, a, a drunk, and, and then it developed into alcoholism. Um, so um, my sister's six years older than me. So when I was, let's say, you know, seven, dealing with this shit, um, she was 13, and she was the wild one. I can't remember what they call it in the book, but... Um, um, and I was the goody-good, you know, that's how I put it, the savior, the hero, whatever it's called. Um, because my sister was reacting, I realize now more so, um, to, to uh, the alcoholic in the family and my mother, who was the enabler. Um, she she uh, just took that and ran with it. So, um, and indeed, she became a drug addict and... Um, started drugs very early on. Um, you know, her claim to fame was that she did 100 acid trips by the time she was 16. Um, and at 15, she tried to commit suicide. So I was only nine then. Um, of course, my parents tried to hide that from me, um, which is understandable, but I found out from, <laughs> Jesus, I found out from a little girl in the... Uh, it, uh, at school, you know, we're lined up in recess, and she says, Laurie, you know that your, your, your sister tried to kill herself in front of all of my classmates, right? This is how I found out about it. So then I go home to my mom and say, hey, what's this, you know? Then she tells me, you know, it's just like, uh, but anyway, my sister, yes, was very troubled. She had a lot of emotional issues, um, and indeed, when I was Around 11 years old, she tried to kill me, uh, suffocate me. Now, in my mind, it was like, oh, it was just horseplay. No, it wasn't. She would have been, you know, I was, when I say 11, she would have been 17. You don't horseplay with your 11-year-old, okay? And indeed, decades later, 
uh, when I was in my 40s, she had to then reveal to me through her therapy that um, this came out in her therapy. And oh, and she was so dramatic, you know, oh, I tried to kill you. And I'm like, yeah. And she goes, why aren't you reacting? I said, I was there. What do you mean? I was the one getting suffocated. So what the fuck? But the real tragedy of this is that I never told my parents because growing up, they never listened to me. My sister was horrible to me growing up. Um, and I would talk to them, you know, tell them, mommy, da, 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 da. And she would just say, oh, your sister has problems and, and you have to understand. And look that, man, a six, seven-year-old um, is not going to understand that. They're just going to go and to their parents for safety. I didn't get any safety from that. Nothing. Okay. Never did they talk to my sister about it. And you know, looking at it, okay, I can kind of understand. She's just committed, tried to commit suicide. She was in and out of of mental institutions, in and out of of, of private schools. Would run away from them. She would hitchhike across the country by herself or with another girlfriend, and then call. Um, when she was like in Colorado or something and, and crying and my mother would send her money to come home you know and I remember saying to my mother back then I could see it and say why are you letting her do this to you what are you doing and my mother was just such a mess why because she was dealing with this alcoholic husband of hers I would hear night after night after night growing up, my father flipping out at my mother, cursing, yelling, screaming, throwing dishes at her, cursing and accusing her of having affairs with her girlfriends, when indeed he was the one having affairs with not her close girlfriends, but friends of the family. And so, of course, you know, that's, that's, you know, typical, you know, they just throw that shit on somebody else when indeed, you know, I can't remember the term for that. But um, anyway, so this is what I was brought up with. Um, and so um, and then the morning would come and we would all act like nothing happened. It was business as usual. And so I never felt safe enough to talk about it to anybody. Um, and this just kept going on and on throughout my um uh, childhood, my adolescence, and, and still to this day. Um, it's really hard for me to identify my feeling. Well, first of all, just feel the feeling, okay? <laughs> Rather than just put the mask on that everything's okay. Um, and, 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 but to feel the feeling is huge now. To, the next step is identifying the feeling. The, the third is to acknowledge it and then to speak out, to speak up. And I'm still struggling with that. Um, and, you know, now, you know, as they say, all of our relationships are going to change. So I have a 32-year-old son who lives here, who's lived here for 10 years with his wife. I moved here two years ago. Um, and, and now, you know, he was always concerned about me um, and wanting to get therapy and get healthy. But now, <laughs> now he's like uh, dealing with a mother who's acting differently. You know, who's speaking up, who is um, saying no, now, da, 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 you know, ba, 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 you know, and, and, and demanding not only to be heard, but to be acknowledged and, and to 
treat me differently now. So we're going through growing pains in our own relationship. And because I have such abandonment issues, it's like I'm, I'm concerned my, my kid is going to abandon me, you know. Um, and this comes from uh, the blatant one is that my dad, um, my mother sat and said she was an intelligent woman, man, but she just fucked up with this one. I'm sorry I'm cursing, but this is, I'm from the East Coast, honey, so <laughs> I'm sorry. But, um, um, but, um, um, the, Okay, so she brought us girls in the living room when I was 14, and my sister was 20. And she sat my father down and gave him the ultimatum. Either you quit drinking or you get out of the house. Well, he chose to get out of the house. Not only so he can continue to drink the way he always was. We're, we're talking like the big beef eater gin, you know, with the handle. He would go through one of those in two days. Okay, that's how bad it got, okay? So, um, um, so he, um, he chose that not only because he wanted to keep drinking, but he, w he was a professor of music, and he, was, he had a relationship with one of his students who was only six months older than my sister, meaning only six and a half years older than me. And um, she, he had her wait in the wings, you know, so, pff, yeah, I'll get out. But the thing is, because my mother set it up in such a way, he was not just leaving the quote-unquote bad marriage, if you want to call it that, whatever. He, he left me, okay? So it wasn't just, a, you know, leaving my mother. He left me. And so my knee-jerk reaction, I went upstairs to his bedroom and I found his change box. And I started counting the change. <laughs> And still to this, this, I have so many issues about finances and whatnot. I mean, I have, I have almost um, convinced myself I'm going to be a bag woman, you know. Um, and so, um, you know, so, yeah, so that's like the blatant, um, you know, abandonment. Um, and then, oh, man, I, I went to his college. It was a free education. It was the only thing that was available to me, um, I thought. Um, and... I was 19, and I had gotten in, in the theater department. I had a, um, a um, um, I was in a two-person play. It was a, um, uh, uh, the, the rehearsal, dress rehearsal. And my father called me because his wife, he had gotten married to this woman, um, left him. And he was calling me and crying to me. And anything after 5 o'clock was just a horrendous situation because he was drunk. And I don't know where I got this gumption from, but I said to him, you have to, st I have to go, first of all, and you have to stop calling me after five o'clock. What do you mean? <laughs> and I said, because you start drinking and you change and I can't deal with it and I, and I shouldn't have to deal with it. Well, his response was, well, if I can't call my daughter anytime I want to call my daughter, then I don't have a daughter. And if I don't have a daughter, then I don't have to, you know, support her in any way. Now, mind you, he was only paying for room and board because the tuition was free. But that's the first time that I completely broke down. And it wasn't until, again, you know, saving, acting as if everything was cool, I had this play to get through. So I went through the whole weekend doing this two-person play as if, right? It wasn't until Monday rolled around and I was walking through campus with a girlfriend of mine and I just stopped at walking towards class and I just started sobbing. 
And she was so alarmed that she brought me to the um, guidance office on campus. And that was the first time that I got any therapy. And that's the other abandonment shit, you know. They did, my parents did all this stuff for my sister, you know, getting her, you know, therapy and, and you know, in and out of mental institutions. Me? Nothing. They did nothing. They didn't get me in Al-Anon. They didn't get me in therapy. They didn't get... And my mother's, when I asked her about this years later, she goes, oh, Laurie, we just thought you would be okay. You seem so strong. You seem so well adapted. You seem so okay. Bullshit. I kept everything okay and under wraps because when my dad split... My mother tried to commit suicide, and by my father's prompting, he forced pills on her. And so she, I came home from school one day, and there's my father after having split. What the hell is this? And I, you know, I wasn't too keen on him. You know, I could, I picked up the sexual um, uh, bullshit. You know, that vibe that you get. You know, when they're drunk and they're, yeah. You know, so here I was by myself. My sister split again. I was by myself in this house. My mother went to the hospital for over a week. And because she lost her voice, she clammed up with my dad, okay? And when he would, like, freak out, she... I remember she would fight with him a little bit, but it was like, ah! No, you know, she learned to just shut up. And, um... And, and, and so she became dumb, you know, in terms of, like, not being able to talk. And so when he split... My mother continued to be a school teacher. Mind you, no alimony, no child support did he give us. Um, we started renting rooms in my house to survive because she was just a school teacher. She would come home from school and go straight up to her bedroom and, and hide. And there I was to fend for myself. We have a household full of, um, some of my friends moved in. We, at one time we had like seven people in our house so we could pay the, the mortgage, you know. And she was nowhere to be found. And many of them were guys. And I was like maybe 15 at that point, 15, 16. I mean, all through we, until we sold the house, until I went to school, we had housemates. Those guys could have friggin' raped me, okay? As it was, my first experience was with a friend, quote unquote, when I was 15 in my living room, all right? The next day he ignored me, ignored me, okay? Talk about abandonment, okay? And I didn't, like, it was almost as if I... I, th I wasn't, I didn't feel like I, I was worthy enough to be heard, you know, um, that I was worthy enough to speak up. I wouldn't even know what to say if I did feel that way, you know, because, you know, this is where the self-abandonment, and then this is where the laundry list comes in. I mean, every single one of these, um, yeah. So uh, I, I, it stems from the abandonment and then how I abandoned myself throughout my life. So. Um, I've been encouraged to, um, I'm a musician, songwriter, and I wrote a song called Little Child. When I was 12 years old, I wrote this little ditty, you know, walking around the streets of Plainfield, which was, which was, um, you know, unsafe at best, you know, um, not cool to let a little girl walk around, uh, anyway, um, and so, um, yeah, so I wrote this little ditty, and then years later, I mean decades later, then I wrote the whole song. So I'm going to just share it with you, take it as you will. It's just whatever. So the little ditty is, um, I'm as free as a birdie flying in the sky. No one asking questions, no one asking why. 
But sometimes it's lonely when there's no one there, no one to turn to, no one to care. Little child, your daddy is gone away. Little child, your sister still astray. Little child, where's your mama today? Little child. Your soul is running away, but she's singing. I'm free as a birdie. I'm flying in the sky. No one's asking questions. No one's asking why she's singing. I'm free as a birdie. I'm flying in the sky. But sometimes it gets lonely. Sometimes it gets lonely. Cause my soul is still running, running away. My soul's still running away.